episode number 87 of the Bearded Marketers podcast, the only internet marketing podcast that matters. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. Catch new episodes every Monday morning at thebeardedmarketers.com slash podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Are we going to have a new episode schedule for the holidays or are we going to stick to the Mondays? Oh, we'll have to see. Maybe yeah. that'll be a Christmas present to some people. I can't remember what we did last year. This has been going for that long, year and a half plus. Oh, yeah. All right. So I think we're going to stick to the same schedule. We're going to try to every Monday morning, even through the holidays, okay. because we're looking out for everybody out there. Oh, yeah. Work and, doesn't stop. And e-commerce. I mean, I know you guys are slammed out there. AdWords ads, Do you got to be checking that. You got to be I testing know? everything, <laughs> fulfillment. It's an insane world out there right now. So we're going to be trying to keep you up to date with what's okay. going on. All right. So that's enough of that. What are you drinking? Tonight I'm drinking a Sazerac. Going back. It's been a while since I've had one of those on the podcast, but that's what I'm drinking tonight. How about yourself? I'm trying to get in the holiday spirit. So we're going to be talking about a little bit of the holidays on this podcast. Okay. This is a drink I'm recreating from last night when we all went out. This meaning we recorded this on a Friday. So I just mm-hmm. want people to know that we don't go out on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Moscow Mule. Okay. But the vodka used in it has a little bit of cinnamon and allspice infusion. Oh, so how festive. A little bit of holiday kick on a classic Moscow Mule. It's so you a don't great, care about Thanksgiving. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's all, the, it's all the same thing, right? Cinnamons and allspices. I mean, isn't that that's what true, makes a pumpkin true. buy a pumpkin buy? I like, mean, we both buy cinnamon brooms as soon as we possibly <laughs> yeah. can to smell at the house. I think I'm on round like six of buying those. Mm, nice. All right. So let's, let's jump into it. What are we talking about? All right. So for tonight, we're going to circle up. Time is getting close. Black Friday starts when? Rob's going to explain what the mystery is behind that. I don't want to touch on some easy SEO mistakes that can cost you dearly. Rob, because he's a big fan, he's going to give us a little bit of info on Burt's Bees all up in my face <laughs> and what that means. And then it would not be an episode if we didn't check in with in our infamous Google Corner. So we'll see what are the happenings there that you need to be paying attention to, which I think will lead to some interesting discussions or I think just enlighten people on some of the happenings for some revenue models for their businesses. Anyways, enough running down the agenda. Black Friday causes excitement. And some panic in others, such as myself, and just a lot of good people watching. But what is e-marketers? Do we need to know about this infamous holiday? Okay, Black Friday, everyone, like you said, if you sell anything online or anywhere in the world, Black Friday is insane. Yep. Uh, Cyber Monday, sort of, as well. But pretty much from that Friday until that Monday, it's off the charts. That's where we make up, you know, 20% of our sales just in a a three or four day span. And then it continues for the next month or so. But anyone who pays attention to the news has been aware that a lot of major brick and mortar retailers have been sneaking this off. It's not Black Friday anymore. It's now kind of during Thanksgiving as well. All right. Suck it, employees. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, if you work at Walmart, no, you have to work. (laughs) during Thanksgiving. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what are the implications for online retailers? Because oftentimes all we can look at is, hey, what the hell happened last year? And when did we sell a lot of things? And how is that going to help us inform our decisions for this year? But because there's so many different things changing every year now, how can we try to interpret those things and run promotions that aren't too late, right? I mean, you can't be, if you're just running the classic Black Friday promotion on Black Friday, well, you missed the boat because everybody else has been running it since like Amazon this Friday, which if you're listening, you're four days late. Amazon (laughs) has been running Black Friday week. That doesn't even make sense if you say that (laughs) phrase. (laughs) But Black Friday week is now a thing on Amazon. How many other retailers 
are going to realize this and mm-hmm. turn, you know, Black Friday on starting on Monday or whatever it is? And how does this affect your sales? I think basically this just points to you have to be prepared now. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to have your mm-hmm. Black Friday, your sort of Thanksgiving week push sales. The green button. Just push the button on that. Mm-hmm. Your, I hope your email marketing campaign has been saved in there. Hit the go button on that one. Fire your modal windows that have coupon codes. <laughs> Unleash. I don't know what the hell, the hounds of hell or whatever the right. hell you call it. The floodgates. Um, yeah, pull the trigger on all that stuff because it's moving more and more forward. And it's like this crazy game of you can't let your competitors steal all your sales, mm-hmm. right? before you get a chance to throw promos at them. So, well, I wonder what's going to be the net of those efforts. So, we have at least in the US, I don't know what it is for other countries, but there is sort of this ingrained holiday shopping season that we have. That's Black Friday and Cyber Monday is pretty established at this point. And so I wonder what these companies essentially moving their timelines up, is that actually a net benefit for them or have customers become so conditioned to where it's like, ooh, that's nice, but I don't know what I'm missing, so I might hold out. The benefit that Amazon presents to the table is really great customer service, we'll take it back, all those types of things, but I do wonder if you might not necessarily see the gains that you would expect because customers are sort of anxious and am I missing out on something better? And I don't say that necessarily to poo-poo these ideas. What I mean is to encourage you, if you are going to move up these timelines, maybe you need to think about, and probably maybe too late this year, but think about how can we overcome that anxiety? Do we have a guarantee if you find a better deal, then let us know and we'll refund you the difference because then you're sort of solving those issues that people have Mm -hmm. or thinking about how do we overcome that anxiety and that's maybe a task for you and your industry it might be different from you know vertical to vertical but I do wonder if people are sort of jumping the shark just because they want to follow others but because people have been so accustomed to we know these are when all of or the majority of sales hit this sounds really good but someone else might have a better deal so I'm going to wait a little bit before I pull that trigger does that make sense? No, that absolutely makes sense. And, and to be clear, you know, I was, I was really kind of half joking before mm-hmm. when I said pull the trigger on your Black right. Friday sales as soon as you hear this podcast. But I do think it introduces a whole nother concept. And I don't want to get completely off of Amazon because I do want to mention something else I saw on Amazon today, which I think is new, but may not have been. Although I'm on Amazon every day, so I feel <laughs> like I would have known. I feel like this is just another example of anything that is on the internet is basically a race to the bottom. So, you know, for a while it was, okay, Black Friday is Black Friday, and we don't really do much in advance of that. We've broken through that barrier, just like every other barrier with internet marketing, and it's going to be a race to the bottom. And I don't know how it shakes out in the end, because now that this has happened, it's not going to, the trend isn't going to revert, especially online. I mean, maybe you see brick and mortar retailers reverse this trend because we don't want people to have to work on a Friday or, or, Heaven forbid, or the Thursday of Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but that's not going to happen in internet retail. So how does this all shake out? I don't know. I think things are just going to get blended into this. I think Amazon's concept here is going to stick. This Black Friday week is what it's going to turn into. And then from where it goes, I don't know from there. But again, it's just another example of a race to the bottom where everybody is competing ruthlessly and everybody who's going to outstep someone else by one step, you're going to have to do another step and another step to always be out in front of your competitors and it's just going to get worse and worse. Before you know it, I'm quoting this right now, 
Black Friday Mark month. Mark my words. Black Friday month and then Black Friday quarter. And then it's just going to be the whole year. It's going to be year-round sales. That's mm-hmm. what's going to happen eventually. That's my prediction for 2018. Interesting stuff. I think that's a task for just marketers in general to stay up on the industry, what people are doing. But I do want to emphasize some of these things are a bit of a gamble. And just because a competitor or someone else in a different portion of commerce is running something might not necessarily be the right fit for you. So really think about how this is going to impact your business, both the precedent that you set, but what it's going to do to the people that are working there. But also, you know, taking a step back as well. And as I mentioned, I'm a little bit skeptical of some of these. I think that some of your consumers are going to be hesitant to potentially commit to buying. So if you are going to run these early promos, how are you going to overcome that anxiety thinking about guarantees? Or maybe you have such a rabid fan base, it doesn't matter. Have such a great shopping experience and well-picked products that they just want to buy from you anyway. So a sale is just icing on the cake. Maybe that's the case for you. But Black Friday seems to be a dynamic and always changing term. So we'll see how that impacts e-commerce this year, but maybe in the years to come as well. My, I mean, my take on it in terms of what you're talking about there is that people are hesitant because, you know, they know it's not actually Black Friday. You know, this is a one-off for me personally, though. I feel like it's probably fairly easy for internet marketing campaigns to overcome that just by using messaging and along the lines of better sales than on Black Friday, like Mm -hmm. our pre-Black Friday sale. I mean, people see that phrase Black Friday and that's enough. It doesn't Mm -hmm. actually have to be on Black Friday. They feel like they're getting in on it early and this is exciting. Well, I mean, though, to your point, I don't know the episode number offhand. It was a very fascinating episode, but you talked about one of the psychological drivers that fuel purchasing is the fear of loss. Mm -hmm. And what you could potentially lose. And I know that is a big driver for people. And so when they are committing to these early sales, it'll be interesting to know at what point do they feel like that loss aversion is being overcome with what they're gaining by potentially the sale because they do know that there is a wide swath of doorbuster and flash sales coming. Is yours going to be that much better and that they're not going to necessarily lose out on this thing that they're looking at at this point. Yeah, true. I mean, they could play both ways. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's all conjecture. Sure. We'll, we'll know when we look at you this, could test it. the benchmarks yeah. and the case <laughs> studies that come out here sure. in the next month or so to see how all this holiday madness shook out for the year 2014. Really quickly before we move on to the next topic, since we're sort of talking about Amazon, which got me started on all of this, okay. I do want to talk about something I saw on Amazon very briefly here, which is that Amazon now has recipe videos not any different than you would see on, I don't know, cooking.com or I don't know what a recipe website is where you can watch videos. But the difference is on Amazon, especially with their new pantry integration, Heard it here first. you can buy everything straight from Amazon. There's nice little clicks to add all those things to your cart that you see in the recipe video you're watching. So official caution out there, all you recipe websites, watch out. Amazon's coming for you. Yeah, coming hard for you. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring this up because it's yet another example of how easy it is for a competitor who maybe you didn't even know was a competitor to flip your particular niche industry upside down sort of overnight. So keep on your toes. All right, that's enough about that. Let's talk about SEO. All right, so I did want to cover this. SEO is a very popular topic 
topic when we hear from our listeners. So we always want to sort of recircle back. I did come across this article that I thought was very timely as we're looking into 2015, what our SEO strategies are. And I wanted to cover this search engine land article that talks about some of the honest mistakes that you could use to penalize your site. So I wanted to go through them really quickly. And I do think that they are very honest mistakes that a lot of people do make. And some people get burned from them and some people don't. And that's sort of the overarching thing sometimes with SEO to consider just because your competitor got away with it or someone else in another place in the internet does not necessarily mean that you want to particularly roll the dice. Awareness is the best tool that you can have. And sometimes we as business owners have to fight the urge of, well, my competitor's using it and it looks like it's working really well, or X site is using it, looks like it's working really well. You might be playing with fire. So that's a risk assessment that you might have to make as a business, but did want to go over these quickly. One, be very careful of reciprocal link relationships with businesses. Uh, They go into some more detail than I think that's actually necessary in this article, but starting to forge these business relationships where you're starting to share global links with one another across the board, uh, depending on how you're deploying that, can really start running into issues and can really come under some manual review and some spam penalties. So be very careful. As in the business world, you can forge these very strong relationships, become partners. It's very easy to fall into the traps of, hey, let's increase each other's SEO and link presence. You can really get in trouble for that. So be careful about how you're doing that. Number two, and wow, is this a, a big one that a lot of people don't really think about, is affiliate programs. And I know that you've actually, I believe, talked about this before in the past. If you work in the affiliate world, you have people that are driving driving customers or potential leads to you, the way that they are deploying SEO and potentially linking back to their own structures or to your sites as well can really wreak havoc. And I know that you are a pretty big evangelist to avoiding, if you can, some of the major networks and just having more control over the affiliates that are running traffic to your sites. Manual review get those good relationships, forge what is kosher and what isn't. Be very careful as you're treading into the affiliate game because sometimes these people that are helping grow your business can also be ones that can help sabotage it as well, depending on what tactics that they're using. The last two that I'm, there's four in this article, but I'm actually gonna lump the last two together. And that is just be careful when you're working on social, particularly when you are either getting people to guest blog, both on your site or outside side of, but also when you are working potentially with social influencers, we'll call them in air quotes, you know, people that might have very strong YouTube channels or very strong blogs themselves or Instagram personalities, whoever it might be. Some of the ways that you can deploy SEO tactics in those worlds can really cause you to come under some heavy spam penalties, potentially be breaking terms of service for a lot of the search engines out there, but also, and I did want to cover guest blogs in particular, if you are not fully disclosing what's going on, you can also come under some financial penalties as well, uh, depending on how you're going about that. And that actually goes into the social world as well. There is this body of the FTC. And if you are not using above board tactics, you can come under some penalties for being deceptive in how you are gaining this commentary or uh, discussions about your products. So just be very careful in that world, not just in SEO, but how all of that is run, because there are some significant risks that you can open up your business to. That's a good segue into the next topic. I don't want to jump into it yet. 
Burt's Bees all up in my face. Okay. I do want to talk about SEO a little bit here. And basically, that is that Google has basically said that the tactics that you described there are mentioned in their webmaster guidelines as things you should not do or add no follow tags to or should not Mm -hmm. be seo based links things like that because in essence so the affiliate programs one it's basically like paid for links influencer outreach again it's like paid for it's promoted it's sponsored links so these shouldn't be counted in your seo guidelines but to the point of this whole thing is you know you may not realize that this is something that i need to be paying attention to the greater point that i was thinking about when you were talking through these points is that i think that this is another great example of the need for a holistic approach to internet marketing i mean you have to be aware of seo issues if you run an affiliate Mm -hmm. campaign i mean you have to be aware of again seo issues if you run an outreach influencer pr type campaign for a company we've come to this point in internet marketing where you can't be this siloed anymore i mean which is interesting because it's a contrast between the real world sometimes and other aspects that are offline you can be siloed like you mentioned you don't necessarily need to talk to those people that's different part of the business whatever i don't care what they do and you know i'm here to do my job but to your point yeah there is a synergy to excuse the buzzword that is actually needed now with all these different channels because they all are treated similarly we're in this entire ecosystem to one another and they feed off of each other and mistakes in one can grossly affect the other or the entire thing yeah and well in the three major sources of traffic for most people natural search paid search an email can be burned very easily mm-hmm. by someone making a little mistake. You go out and do one of these campaigns and you seriously endanger and risk your SEO rankings. Or someone gets into your AdWords account and runs a bunch of crappy campaigns and now your quality scores are in the trash can. Or someone sends out a couple of spam email campaigns on your behalf and now your domain can't get anything into the inbox. It's right. bounced back or hits the spam folder. Not just your marketing, but customer service, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of got outside the scope of your original article there. But I think that's those are some great points to take into consideration. When you do anything in internet marketing, be very careful hiring consultants, be very <laughs> careful hiring employees. People have to stay up to date with what's going on in their respective industries in internet marketing because it's a dangerous game you're playing. Is that all we got on that? Yeah, let's keep going. Burt's Bees, you were excited about this. I don't know if I'm excited about this, but Burt's Bees is all up in my face. Outside of retail stores I go into where Burt's Bees is everywhere. You know, I use Netflix a lot. Their latest documentary has been featured in in my Netflix, at least, for several days now. Yes, Burt's Bees. It's called Burt's Buzz or something like that. Saw a trailer for it. It's basically a promo for the company, right? It's about the guy who it's Burt's Bees, the picture is based on, right? I was like, okay, whatever. But then I've been coming across some viral videos for mm. Burt's Bees 2s, and I'm, okay, I'm starting to put two and two together here and did some little bit of research. <laughs> Turns out this is, in my mind, a fully integrated 360 viral campaign to hit everybody in the uh-huh. face with Burt's Bees. And so I wanted to bring this up. found an article on marketingland.com. Uh, we'll try to tweet it out that talks about some of the, what you mentioned in your SEO article, sort of this influencer outreach type campaigns that they've Mm -hmm. been engaged with. And I wanted to talk about a couple things. One is the risks, which you mentioned, of interacting with some of these sponsored people, sponsoring them and them not disclosing that they're being sponsored. But also, damn, that's effective right now. It's so effective. (laughs) It works, yeah. It's so hot right now. 
sponsored personalities, paid social media viral video campaigns, like which is what they're doing uh, specifically on Vine, but they're using sponsored tweets to promote their Vines, and native advertising, which sort of falls in line to this concept too. Basically, all advertising campaigns that do not seem on face value as if they are advertising campaigns. That is what's hot right now on the web. Obviously, they're much harder to measure in terms of what's the CPA on this? Like, what's the return on my ad spend on this? Mm -hmm. uh, we spent X number of dollars creating this video, promoting it. How much did we make? That's a little bit more difficult to measure, which is what us in internet marketing are always looking for. Things like AdWords and email, we always want to measure everything. But this is what's hot right now. This stuff works so well. It's a matter of time before regulations have to catch up. You know, sure. you mentioned the FTC. I mean, it's funny you mentioned this because the other night I was watching Monday Night Football and I like football. I'm not like a diehard fan, but it's been a while since I've dedicated watching a game from beginning to end. And it was just amazing to me. It is just an inundation of marketing, like through the entire thing, yeah. not just the commercial breaks, but the announcers, everything sponsored and things like that. And I think what's sort of happening, and this is highlighted with these different tactics that Burt's Bees is taking is businesses are trying to find ways to actually reach people now. Because what's interesting is I was watching this with quite a few people. People are consuming media on TV, but they're not necessarily paying attention to it, particularly in commercial breaks. And now with the advent of like DVR and all those things, that's getting mitigated even further, you know, but people are paying attention to these social celebrities, these bloggers. These are the places where people actually have the attention of the viewers. Commercials are trying to find their niche where they're getting people's attention now. Comedy's been a big thing for a couple of years now. People like Old Spice and things like that will come out with these campaigns that are catchy and go viral because they're funny, but media in general is trying to find how can we reach people. And I think that this social interaction is new frontier because that's where people are actually somewhat getting to 100% attention, whereas other media outlets are slipping in that because of multi-device and I can do different things while I'm watching. So it is sort of interesting to see the evolution of this industry. But to your point, there's going to have to be some regulations and just disclosing that to consumers mm -hmm. and how that process works. And also just the consumer awareness of what's going on. It is interesting to see when people, when I'm just discussing with people, making them aware of what's going on. They're sort of shocked, but I don't know how far that shocked factor will take it as in just, uh, yeah. I'm shrugging the shoulders like, well, I, I guess I kind of assumed that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, for those listeners who are interested in this concept, we've talked think at great length through several other episodes in the past about these sort of sponsored personalities on social media campaigns and things. So head over to thebeardofmarketers.com slash podcast and do a search on that page for, for that concept. And you'll find a couple of podcasts where we talk about it. But it's this whole concept blows my mind to your point right there in the end where you're talking about awareness. I almost feel like there needs to be like a 60 minutes episode on like <laughs> this concept, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many people follow personalities on Instagram or what, whatever it is or Vine because they like these people's personalities in their lives and they're like, oh, they have these amazing... Well, no, it's because they have a team of That's photographers yeah, yeah. and designers and companies giving them free products to pose with those products and to advertise to you. I mean, that's what those most of those things are. It's not just these 
incredibly creative people. people who have tons of money and time <laughs> to just sit around and take amazing Instagram photos. Sure. Like that's what those things are. And that's what this was. And I don't think I sort of got into this at the beginning here, which was that Burt's Bees is sponsoring this singer songwriter couple on Vine. And they're releasing all these little videos that they're like singing about the, the flavors of Burt's Bees and all this stuff. And I'm just watching these things and going, well, number one, it's obvious to me that they're sponsored content, mm-hmm. but they're not it's not clear in the posts themselves or the descriptions that it is to sure. outside people, but also it's just so corny, honestly. <laughs> I just don't understand how anyone can can see these things, and maybe I'm just seeing it through the lens of I'm an internet marketer, and I mm. get that, like, Jaded okay, lens. this is very obviously <laughs> promotional material intended to get me to buy Burt's Bees. So, I don't know, j- definitely an interesting concept. If you are in the industry of making a cool product that you can give out to influencers, I mean, it's like this weird dichotomy of like the shit works, but it's like wrong kind of (laughs) uh, ethically, but it's something to look into. I think there are ways to do it where you're not so scumbaggy. Maybe that's an episode for another podcast where we can talk about ways to sponsor personalities without being a scumbag. I think that's, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to that? No, I mean, I would echo that. I don't think that it should be off limits for people because as I mentioned, that's where the attention and some of the audiences are going. Traditional media isn't really serving the purposes of some audiences anymore. So they're turning to these outlets for consumption. And so I don't think as businesses, we have to play this holy roller card and say those are off limits. But to your point, I think there are right and wrong ways to do that. That's going to be that ethical dilemma that you might have to face. But uh, it is interesting just to know the lengths that some companies are going like Burt's Bees. Maybe we'll, we'll tweet out actually a link to check out the documentary, but also maybe some articles on the links of their campaigns. But definitely a fascinating world in online marketing. But to your point, be interesting to see how the regulations come in and play a role in that. All right, moving right along, we're going to finish it up. Home stretch, Google Corner, what's happening in Mountain View? Now, you wanted to talk a little bit about, which I think this is fascinating myself. Breaking news. Contributor by Google. What is that? And why should we be paying attention to it? Beta program right now. So if you are interested in this, head to google.com slash contributor slash welcome. Sign up for the beta program. You will get early access. What is this? This is... Google's rollout of a concept that's been around for a while. I mean, uh, we see sponsored YouTube subscription channels and things like that. But the concept is, look, I'm a content creator. I can make money by throwing ads in your face, or you can pay me a monthly fee and I will pull those ads back, right? I mean, this is a concept that's used in iPhone apps to YouTube channels to whatever it is. But Google has rolled out this network that enables anyone to sign up to this contributor program, uh, subscribe to a particular site that they're interested in. And then when you go to those sites, you no longer see Google ads. So there are some catches with this, obviously. So the site that you're interested in can only really be running Google ads for this program to kind of work. It's in a beta existence right now. But a couple of the major sites that are using it are Mashable, Imager, and The Onion. So if you're fans of any of those sites, you know, go ahead and sign up and show your support. The fees are ranging right now, at least on the website that I noticed, from $1 to $3 a month. So not a ton of money, but a ton of money when you compare, I'm not paying anything right now. Sure. And if this concept gets large and takes off, hell, how many sites do I have to subscribe to now at this Keep point? And, and how am I? How much am I paying to not see ads anymore? And you start approaching the concept of like, 
I mean, are ads a negative in my life? Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of want to see some ads. You know, I want to know what's going on with some of the companies that I'm interested in or products I'm interested in. So we're kind of facing this weird in-between now. I wonder if there's an in-between for the service where it's like, I'll see some ads, but no modal windows. <laughs> Get them out of my face. <laughs> no rolls at all in videos, right? No pre, mid, or post rolls. Right. Okay, post rolls, I don't care. But no pre rolls, certainly not. So maybe just get rid of like the very annoying ads, but keep some of the other ones that I'm more happy with. It's just an interesting development. I I think what I'm most fascinated about is to see how those companies tackle the messaging in that I'm behind the curtain. But Mm -hmm. for a lot of companies and understand the cost that it takes to run these. Yes, there are some pretty famous pictures out there of these web startups that have these outlandish offices, things like that. That's actually not the typical case. And it's very expensive to run some of these large sites. I mean, like Imager, Mac. That's huge media consumption. And just the cost of infrastructure to maintain that is immense. And I don't think most people realize that. But what I'm very interested in is to see how they communicate that to the users and what is that education piece. Can they help people understand Right now, we're serving up these ads to cover these costs. We are trying to find different ways to tailor the experience to you. At the end of the day, we have to pay for these lights to be on. There are different routes that we can take. Here's one option. But as we were sort of discussing before the show, I've seen that go very poorly. Watching a very large car-focused YouTube channel, and they went the subscription route, and there was a pretty severe backlash. And I think their execution probably was a tad poor. I am very keen on observing how these companies deploy that. Can they broach that conversation without pissing people off or alienating their base? Because I do think that there's a heavy educational component to that. And I do like the options. And I think what wrinkles the system or makes it interesting is the aspect of serving ads online has gotten better. At first, it was just random. You'd be getting all these money and weight loss ads everywhere that weren't really relevant. But as the ad industry has matured, so has their ability to serve relevant ads. So now ads have become this place for many sites. Like those are actually interested in, while I might not click on that now, it's actually relevant to what I might be concerned considering in the future or at some time. It's just a very fascinating world to pay for content versus ad and and how users will eventually adopt the preferred route. Yeah. And and one huge variable in this, which I'm so curious about this concept, I hope it works out and I hope it doesn't become the next sort of Google wave or whatever the next mess is for Google where they pull the plug. But it's weird because on the one hand, you have the people who would pay for this content Mm -hmm. or the people who use these websites a lot, right, are oftentimes going to be the same types of people who aren't going to be clicking on their ads anyway. So it's almost you're extracting value from people who use your content the most, but who you don't get any ad revenue. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that sort of stuff plays out. Contributor on Google. Check it out. What's that URL again? Google.com slash contributor. Welcome and check it out. Very fascinating. Mashable, Imager, The Onion. Just be interesting to see how that whole marketplace shakes out. Two last things before we head out on this weekend. Shopping promos are out to more countries. If you run product listing ads or product ads on Google, you might notice that some retailers have these cool little icons with their ads that will talk about promotions or guarantees that they run. That has been a US exclusive only for a while. They are actually now rolling that out to more countries, 
personally, I've seen some really great results with that. You need to watch your margins based on what you're actually displaying in those areas, but can really help you set apart from everyone else that competitive advantage. That's why we're here to give you that hot off the press news. Last but not least, if you're also in the ad space, and this is like an ad heavy Google corner, there has been some new updates to the keyword planning tool. There's actually now conversion estimates. Now, I would be very skeptical How to see what they're doing. That well, Google has been working over the last couple of years at pushing benchmarking more and more right. and giving you opportunities to opt in. So this is going to depend vertical on vertical if they have enough information. But depending on the keywords that you're researching, they will also give you some estimated conversions based on the industry that they work in. So that can sort of help you. As Rob was saying last episode, you need to be getting your budgets in line for 2015 and this oh, holiday no. season, understanding where you might be stacking up conversion-wise can really help you spend those dollars the best. But make sure that you're checking back in, see how close those estimates are, but can be a great tool if you're running ads online. Google Keyword Planning Tool, check it out, the new features. That's going to do it for us on this episode. Whew. I had a great time. I'm out of breath. Thank you again for your time. If you enjoyed yourself, we'd ask a couple things. One, you'd share with a friend, a colleague, or as Rob likes to say, a lover perhaps. Also, we'd appreciate you leaving a review on whatever channel you found us on. iTunes, Stitcher helps us grow the show, but know where we stack up and what we maybe need to change as well. Also, if you have an idea for the show, maybe you listen every week and think, Spear guys, they're pretty smart, but they didn't think about this or you're struggling with something, give us a call at 904-270-9603. That's our dedicated crises hotline. You can also leave us a text there. You can reach out to us on the beardmarketers.com slash contact, where we also have videos that Rob has put together that are very nice. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter, where we will actually tweet out all of the links that we talked about in the show today. But that's going to do it for us. Again, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.